Hey, Exercise Confidence listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. Today, we are sitting down with Abby Omalafe. Abby is a woman who has big dreams. She's got a clear vision and plan on how she's going to get there. And her path has not been easy. This woman has overcome so much. From immigrating to the United States during a very formative age, during those preteen years, having to navigate a new country, grieving the loss of her parents and a brother, all while still having to be a beacon to her younger brother. This woman is a trailblazer, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and the way she articulates what it means to exercise confidence. She helps us understand why it is so important to find your why in terms of when you are cultivating your self-confidence. So let's hop into it, our episode with Abby Omalafe. Abby, how do you actually say your full first name? My full first name is Abimbola, which means born into wealth. Ooh, (laughs) born into wealth. I like that. And you're originally from? Nigeria. Yes, she is. She's a queen. (laughs) Hey, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am sitting down with Abby Omalafe. Abby is amazing. Her story is going to be really touching and inspiring. So I'm really, really proud and happy that I get to share this with the listeners. So Abby, I'm going to give you 20 seconds or less, much like an onstage question, (laughs) to tell us something about yourself. Okay, and go. Well, I am currently a student at Cal State Long Beach. Um, I came from Nigeria and I'm an orphan. My platform actually is um, working with foster children and orphans around the world. Growing up as an orphan must have been an incredible struggle. Where did you find the strength and how did you create your own confidence to always believe in yourself facing something so difficult? Well, I think it all begins in having a plan. Um, and that's that's where I started. I wanted to be someone that helps other people like me. I was adopted by my grandmother and brought here. And we created a plan to help foster, um, children like me in Nigeria, which is how um, Graceland Orphanage was born. We created it in the same home that I grew up in. And we've been taking care of orphans ever since. And I think it's things like that that gives me strength and confidence in myself because I know I'm not alone in this world and I am doing something to help others in my own situation. How old were you when your grandma adopted you and brought you to the United States? I was 10 years old. My mom died um, in November of 2007 and my grandma adopted us almost a month after that. So around December near my birthday. 10 years old, brand new living situation, brand new country to live in. What was that like? It was a little overwhelming, I'm not going to lie. Uh, It was a new school, it was a new house, and it's hard not to feel alone and not to feel like you're a burden to others because there's a difference between having a mom raise you and having a grandma raise you because she's already raised our own set of kids and you feel like you are making her do the job all over again. So you try your best to stay out of the way and basically do all the work yourself. But it was fun. Um, I Surprisingly, people were very accommodating and welcoming. I was the youngest kid on campus. Uh, when I went to high school, I was 12. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was very interesting to see how people react to someone from a different country. A 12-year-old starting high school, did you feel self-conscious? Were you just ready to show them who Abby was and just put yourself out there confidently. How did you navigate that? Actually, I was terrified. (laughs) 
starting school at 12 years old and having everybody be bigger than you, older than you by at least a year or two, it's a little overwhelming and it's a little scary. But I found myself among the best people in the world and really good friends who helped me navigate and I had really good teachers. I had a one named Mrs. Anderson and we still call her that. I still talk to her. She was one of our choir teachers and she was so encouraging. And um I just focused on studying and you know catching up with all the curriculum and everything. So it was really, really inspiring. Why did you start high school at twelve? Our school in Nigeria is a lot more accelerated than here. So when I was in secondary school is what we call high school there, I was already around 11 years old. So over here, I had to take an exam to make sure that I was ready for high school. Instead of them just pulling me back, they figured as long as I can take the exam, I'm good to go. That's awesome. Being the youngest person in your high school. Yeah. And I know that you are a very politically active and aware person. Were you somebody that got involved in clubs and groups at your school right away? Not necessarily. Being newly from a different country and an orphan, still getting over, you know, that feeling of burdenness and, you know, everything that just kind of scared me. I was a little reclusive. I didn't really reach out a lot. It was my teachers and my friends that kind of brought that out of me and eventually I joined the choir club I joined theater and um, the key club and that was how I actually started getting involved in the community in activities and I fell in love it was really fun and then I haven't looked back ever since starting an orphanage with your family being involved in service organizations like the key club and how I met you through the Miss America organization it seems like service is a big part of what you love to do and who you are what has made you so passionate to serve other people? I think a little part of it is um, how my mom raised me before she died. She had the biggest heart of service I had ever seen. When um, people in our community have issues, like there's been a death in the family, or maybe there's a fire or something, she's always the first out there. We just had a big community feeling when I was growing up, where it just kind of, it was a natural part of myself. So coming here and seeing those opportunities, I started going out and working it, and you know, getting involved, just like I used to do when I was little, but knowing that I could help on a grander scale was very encouraging to me. So I started getting involved in those kind of organizations that will put me in the path I want to go. Do you think being involved in service or community service helps build your own individual confidence? Absolutely. It's a very humbling experience when you see that when you think you are in the worst position, you see that there are other people that are struggling even more than you are, but somehow they stay humble, they stay happy, they just take every day with strides. And that itself can impact on you and how you look at the world. So it is a very helping experience for me as someone who has a lot of situations I have to get over and keep moving. And um, seeing foster children especially, knowing that they just keep working and they keep moving helps me keep moving. It's really inspiring. You and I met by doing the Miss America organization together. How did you find out about these scholarship pageants and why were you so confident to dive in and compete? When I was in college and my first um, class in college was ballroom dance. I was a double major. I was um, actually a nursing student 
and a dance student. And I met Danny Walker, who right now um, has pageant access. She was one of the assistants for uh, the ballroom director. And as we got closer and we became friends, she said, have you ever considered doing pageants? And I was like, I don't understand what. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you just you just seem like someone who really wants to get into the community. And with your background, I'm pretty sure you could use some scholarship money. And I was like, OK, I mean, let's see what it is. And I went to watch the first Miss Icon pageant, which she was the director of. And the next year I competed and I just I caught the pageant bug. And <laughs> before I knew it, I met uh, Michelle and Grace Edwards, the mother daughter duo. And they are such a huge part of my life. And they taught me about the Miss America program and why that's a little different from other organizations. And they asked if I wanted to do that. And I was like, absolutely. You know, a heart of service, working with the Children of America Network. It's really inspiring. And I want to get involved. So before I knew it, I had another family. <laughs> Having that heart of service and being afforded the opportunities to either serve at community events or hold your own events, what has been your favorite service project you've participated in? I think it's the suitcase drives that I hold every year. Uh, I go all over California depending on where I feel I'm needed. I just let God just lead me to wherever I can help foster kids. Um, I've, I went to Blight. I've been to... Um, Right here in Los Alamitos, I went to Los Angeles to feed the homeless. It's those kind of events that actually are very fun because you get to just take suitcases, see how people get creative with uh, helping others. Like they get to fill the suitcases with toiletries, books, teddy bears, whatever they feel like they want the foster children to have. And it's interesting to see how giving people are when they feel like they can decorate things and say, hey, this is what I want the next kid to have. It's really inspiring. So the suitcases are given to the foster organizations you work with? Yes, that's correct. I work with multiple organizations like Olive Crest Agencies, Together We Rise, and Court Appointed Special Advocates. Uh, for Together We Rise and Olive Crest, I donate suitcases every year. Uh, sometimes it's 50 suitcases, sometimes it's 40, sometimes it's close to 100. It just depends on where I do it. And I collect it from giving people like yourself and mine <laughs> who want to help foster kids. Right. And um, I donate it to them so that those kids don't have to carry their stuff in trash bags, which can be a situation for them when they have to keep moving. They move anytime from seven to eight times a year. Wow. Which is absolutely devastating for children. Yeah. Yeah. That's heartbreaking when you think of the reality of a, a child having to throw their belongings in a, in a trash bag because it yeah. sends a, a horrible message to them. Yeah, absolutely. Working with these programs and being able to donate items like the suitcases do you ever get to then mentor and work with the kids to help them understand your story and how they can create self-confidence like you have yes absolutely that is what court appointed special advocate is all about uh you get to work with their social workers and the court to make sure that the home that the child is in is the best for them you also kind of get to show them words that they might not be able to see because some of these kids don't know that they have birthdays they don't know something oh. as simple as they deserve to have a toothbrush they think it's a luxury not uh, a right mm -hmm. and you just you get to teach them your birthday is important we need to celebrate it mm -hmm. we need to uh, help you do homework what do you need what can i do for you and it's very surprising when they look at you like you're there because you're being paid but it's 
as a volunteer, you're not being paid. So when they find things like that out, they're a lot more reassured that there's someone out there who care for them. So that is one of my favorite organization is Corda Porte Special Advocate because I get to be one-on-one -on -one on those with those children. Can anybody volunteer with the Quinn Appointed Special Advocates? Absolutely. Anybody can between the ages of 13 and up. Uh, if you're younger, you can help volunteer. However, to be able to work personally with those kids, you have to be 21 years old, which is actually funny because I found out about it when I was 18 and I tried to help and they were like, unfortunately, you can only volunteer at events. You can't work with the kids just yet. So I waited till I turned 21 and I signed up. If anybody wants to get involved with the court-appointed special advocates, we will put a link in the description below so you can click there, get more information, and get involved and help changing these kids' lives like Abby is. Yes, absolutely. We would love to have more people. So shifting gears from the service aspect of the pageants and going more into the competition of it, yeah. did you grow up kind of watching any of these pageants? I know here in America we like idolize Miss America, Miss USA, they're televised, they're, it even says in the Miss America song, your ideal, these women that we watch achieve these, you know, great accomplishments. Yes. Was it the same for you growing up? Actually, no. Pageants was very new to me. Uh, I didn't know about it till I was in uh, senior in high school when um, I competed in, you know, my first one, which I didn't really think was a pageant. It was just miss la palma but we didn't really do anything we're doing right now mm -hmm. like you know swimsuit competition interview things like that it was just a city event but i didn't watch it growing up it wasn't until i was approached by donnie walker that i was like okay so maybe i should take interest and start watching seeing what these women are all about and i was very very highly impressed with how much work that goes into competitions like this now, I know in the Miss America system, there was the whole swimsuit competition. Yes. I know that you and I personally loved it. Oh, I absolutely. I, I was so confident in those swimsuits because if you can get up in front of so many people in a six-inch heels and two-piece swimsuit and say, this is the work I've put into my <laughs> body, please uh, look because this is amazing and I am very confident in myself. So it was very fun. Fun side fact, listeners, when Abby and I were both competing, the two times I got to compete, we were sister title holders, which means we represented the same area. So when she was Hollywood, I was Southland. And when she was Anaheim Hills, I was Miss Anaheim. When we were both in the Anaheim area, we were sponsored by the same gym. Yes. Big shout out to Papa Bear at the Bear Pit in Anaheim because this man had an amazing plan that really helped us find our own confidence in ourselves as we were working out. And Abby, let me tell you, she got ripped. I did. It was the best I had ever felt physically in my entire life. Papa Bear is one of the best people you can work with if you want to, you know, exercise confidence when it comes to plans for your fitness or your health. Um, I was the tiniest I ever been, but I could knock someone out if I wanted to. It was awesome. Abby was like a workout being during this time <laughs> like this girl was always 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 at the gym and she was saying right now if you want to be able to exercise confidence in a fitness plan or getting healthier definitely check them out also though like how was all the working out in terms of like helping your own just mental self-confidence it was very helpful because um, after you get into it, you feel more energetic, you feel more happy. It, it was weird because like 
you would think exercising has nothing to do with you know your happiness but the more you feel like you've accomplished something mm-hmm. the more satisfied you are and i usually go in the morning around 5 a.m mm-hmm. and papa bear will be there and he trust me he makes sure that you worked mm-hmm. and you were always working he was always checking up on me which was great because he's like have you worked out today you know what is your what did you eat today what was your your cheat day like and it was very helpful and i was very confident in how one hour every single day i did a military style workout it seems and i was always you know at one point we did 182 push-ups and i was i was very surprised because we did it in different increments yeah and then before i knew it i did it so i was very proud of myself and if you want to accomplish those things like when it comes to fitness Bear Pit is definitely the place to go. Yeah, Bear Pit is awesome. And if you can't get to somewhere like that, like a gym or somewhere that has these military-grade style workouts from a you know Marine veteran, yeah. such as Papa Bear, do something small. Go for yeah. a walk. You know, Catch up with a friend and maybe take a jog together. Mm-hmm. Do a couple push-ups in the house. Like, yeah. All those little things that sounds crazy, but you do. You feel such a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. After you do something physical like that, I know for me especially, we would get in there, we would work our butts off, and after I would just be like, sit in my car for two seconds trying to catch my breath before <laughs> I drove home. But I would think like, like I did that. My yeah. body accomplished that. Like my legs ran three miles or my arm did 182 push-ups. Which was, yeah, I didn't <laughs> even know I was doing it when I did, and then I did it, and I was like, wait. I just did this. So it's really great. And you're right. Uh, sometimes it can be as simple as turning on radio and dancing. Yeah. You're going to feel like you're crazy in your own room, but I do it sometimes. I, uh, I do turn on Spotify and you, you <laughs> dance. Yeah. And you, you know, you work. It, it's a workout all on its own. You know, you're happier. Yeah. And I say it all the time. And I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing it, but I'm not sorry because <laughs> confidence is like a muscle. And the way that you make it stronger is by exercising it and by stretching it. It's the same thing with our bodies. We feel like this sense of accomplishment when we do something that, you know, we're able to use our capabilities and work out. And that's how you get stronger in real life and physically is by exercising. Yeah. Apply the same thing to your confidence. And it can be achieved through physical things. Like Abby said, turn on the radio, dance. Yeah, absolutely. And that can be uplifting in of itself. You know, put a song you like on on repeat and it really helps because I don't know why, but I think it like release endorphins in your yeah, it does, head, and sure. it's it's very helpful. So definitely exercise confidence. I agree. It is like a muscle. You've got to work it. It does. You've it does. Got to exercise it. And uh, we will absolutely be putting a photo up on our Instagram of Abby when she did compete in swimsuit that year because the woman looked like a professional athlete. She was so ripped, so muscular and just fit and just looked like a gorgeous example of what a physically strong woman and mentally strong woman can be and is we love to see it (laughs) (laughs) what would you say has been the most challenging experience since you've began competing in pageants I would say it's dealing with the changes that's going on right now with the Miss America organization Mm -hmm. as someone who I 
I love dancing and I love singing, but it's not my strongest attributes. Uh, so, however, making making talents one of the biggest portions has pushed me to be more hardworking, to, uh, you know, practice almost every day for my talent. So I think that's one of the hardest thing is, you know, knowing that it's going to be worth it in the end, but having to put in that extra time of singing or dancing or practicing. Do you think being involved in pageants has helped grow your self-confidence? Absolutely. I think learning how to speak in front of an audience or how to juggle multiple things uh, at once has definitely helped me become more confident. Because now, if I need to be a student and go to work but still work with foster kids, I know how to do it. And I don't think I would have solidified that skill without pageants you know without being taught by the Miss America organization how to be a title order and other things as well what has been your most confident moment in this whole pageant experience I think it was winning my first title in the Miss America organization I not because I won that title but because of the reaction from my fellow sisters I had competed for seven times before I won my first title which was Miss Hollywood and Competing has brought me in the path of so many amazing women who are so kind and friendly and helped me navigate the world of pageantry. And the first time I won, I think I remember hearing so many screams of like my fellow sisters saying, oh my gosh, Abby won, yay! And it was very, very helpful to know that I'm not alone. And to win that first title, it was very elevating to know that they are very happy for me just as much as I was happy for them when they won and that was very helpful I felt so confident knowing that I have people who have my back having a community is something you brought up earlier when you were talking about your mom and where your heart for service came and you kind of mentioned something similar talking about all the sisters yes and the sisterhood surrounding pageantry yeah how vital to building self-confidence do you think it is to have that sense of community absolutely important I think it's the number one thing you need to have is surround yourself with like-minded people and maybe not like not so like-minded people who will genuinely care about you and you know be that blanket around yourself because sometimes as someone with my story you get low being confident does not mean that you don't have your off days it just means that when you have those off days you can pick up the phone and say hey um, I'm a Claudia I'm not feeling so great I need some kind of boost and before you know it you're surrounding yourself with people who are like come over let's have some tea let's play some games and you feel a little more confident again. And each and every single day is an adventure because as someone who's an offense, I'm very proud and confident to say that I have about four different families. <laughs> I have my school family, my pageant family, I have my regular family, and I have my foster children family. Mm -hmm. So it's very inspiring and very helpful. That was really sweet. And I love that expression. If you could see her face right now, she was just <laughs> beaming talking about all these people that are so important to her. In those moments, though, when we do get low. Yeah. When you don't feel like there's anyone there. Yes. How are you able to pick yourself up when you when you really don't think you have anyone else to pick yourself up? Because I know we've all been there. Yes, absolutely. There are some times when it's quiet in the middle of the night when you can't sleep and the lights are off and you, you get some very sinister thoughts. It, I'm not going to lie. It's rough. It's not easy. But you need to remember, first of all, while you've what you've done, 
to get yourself to that point. You know, knowing that not everybody can do it, and yet you have. And I think one of the most uplifting thing I think about is there are so many people who I've helped that I've helped uplift who can uplift me as well. And without my presence, maybe they won't have that impact in them in themselves. And that's very uplifting. You have to think about the impact that you're having on the life of others. And I know that that's that's not personally concentrating on yourself, but. When you think about it, I think in my lowest mov- moment, I think about my little brother. He just turned 18 actually like three days ago on the uh. 9th. And he's he's a, he's not so, so little anymore. Right. But he's the reason why I keep moving forward. Because without me, he doesn't have that influence in his life, you know. And he lost our parents a lot younger than I did. And me and my brothers are the only ones he has to look up to. So you need to find your why. When you are low and you can't think of anything else think of your why who is it that will miss you the most when you're gone who is it the most that would appreciate you being in their life and trust me you will start smiling because i know he drives me nuts so that keeps me smiling and keeps me uplifted do you have any advice for how somebody can find their why when they really can't look beyond maybe the darkness or self-doubt that they're facing? I would say that they need to look within themselves and understand that there is no one else like them. I mean, there's no one else like Abby. It, it <laughs> is what it is. It's She's weird one of to a kind. say. I am one of a kind, and everybody is in their own way. There is something that you bring to the table that no one else can bring. And you need to think about that because – Somebody needs that sunlight. Somebody needs you in their life. You might not realize it. You might not think about it. You might not even know that they have been impacted by you. But you need to think about that and find that confidence in yourself to move on because you want to keep impacting other people's lives. But more than anything, also, you want to uplift yourself to the point where you can help others more than you've been helped because you want to pay it forward so uplift yourself and sometimes even if you don't feel like smiling smile it's weird you're gonna start laughing like am i crazy why am i smiling (laughs) all of a sudden but it helps and it works so when everything feels like it's going around think about it breathe and smile what has been the hardest moment to smile through for you that really made you question your self-confidence I think it's my brother's death anniversary. My oldest brother died uh, in May of 2018. And it was 2019 last year, the day that he died uh, on the 13th. And I woke up that day and I just didn't want to get out of bed. But I had so much going on. I had work. I had to go to um, court appointment special advocate to work with a child. But the, I just I couldn't get myself out of bed. And I my, my self-confidence was just low because all I could think about was why. I don't understand. Why do they all have to die young? I've lost my mom, my dad, and then my brother. Mm-hmm. So it's incredibly difficult. And then the one thing I thought about was there's someone who needs me today. There's someone who needs me to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Even if that's all I did, I need to get out of bed. So it, it was hard. It was definitely, I cried. I, I couldn't stop crying. I didn't understand why I couldn't stop crying. And then I cried some more. 
And the first thing I did was I just kind of roll out of bed. Like, I didn't even get up. I didn't put my feet down. I just kind of roll. <laughs> and I landed on my butt. It was not very f- pleasant. But I started laughing because I was like, I don't understand. Why did I just do that? <laughs> do things unexpected when you're sad. Because you don't understand the impact it could have in your life. So I think that was the one time that I felt like I questioned myself was, there's someone who needs me, but I just didn't feel like getting up. Dealing with those realities can be really draining. And they can also be really sobering because you're literally facing a reality that you maybe don't want to be a part of. Yeah. But when you do face it and you make it through one day, and then you make it through a second day and a third day. How does that start to affect you to start seeing that you're making strides? You know, you're you're getting through it. I think it's how you think about how far you've come. It's like walking. You know, when a child first starts walking, they, they get up, they take two steps, they can plop down sometimes, <laughs> and then they try it again. But the more they try it, the farther they go. So that's, that's my goal, is make it as, as far as you can. And I think that that's important, is seeing how far you've come and how far you have to go. I think my inspiration is knowing that I have a big picture ahead of me. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a prosecutor and eventually work in the U.S. Congress, which is a big dream. But I am currently finishing up my bachelor's. I have not gone into law school yet, but I am in college and almost done and that's a stride in of itself so you need to look at the the little success you make every day and just cheer yourself on and say you know what we've done something and we need to keep doing it so that's very important pursuing law as a career yes and currently getting your bachelor's in political science correct yes and legal studies Ooh, and legal studies (laughs) look out friends she's changing the world why why did you pick that Why is that something you want to pursue? I think a big part of it, I actually have to thank the Miss America organization. I wanted to be a nurse, and I just, it takes a very special person to be a nurse. Amen. uh, I could not do it. God bless the nurses. Yes, (laughs) I did not. not I couldn't do it. I finished my prerequisites. I was, I took the exam, the T's, and I was going to apply to nursing school, Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't do it. I was like, I just, I don't, I don't think I can do this. This is not me. It takes a very special person to do it. And I just don't feel like, it's not that I'm not special. I just don't feel like I can do that. It's not your niche. It's not my niche. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I think we need to take a breath and take like a week. I give myself a week to think about it. And then the more I competed, the more I practiced, you know, you have to practice interviewing Mm -hmm. and all those things. And most part of, Miss America organization is politics. You have to be able to talk about world events. You have to be politically aware. Yep. Exactly. So when you think about that, I keep thinking, well, I could do this to fix this situation. And there was a day that I was actually, I don't know who I was practicing with, who we were talking about the immigration policies and Mm -hmm. the reforms. And she asked me, she was like, well, what do you think we could do with the high numbers of illegal immigrants and the new laws that are deporting them? And I, I think my answer was, I don't believe that that's the answer, is more laws. I think right now we need to put mm. them on a path to citizenship, mm-hmm. first of all. And then we can think about those people that haven't come in yet. And then she was like, that's a really great answer. I think I wish people could do that. And I was like, why can't they? 
Mm. Why can't why can I do it? Why can't I be a part of that? Right. And then I started researching what it's like, what path I want to take. There's multiple par- paths to political, you know, into politics. Right. But I wanted to be able to know the laws before I can start making laws. I want to know how it impacts people, ah. how I can help people. And then I learned that we have the highest number of incarceration in the world. Can you believe it? The freest country in the world has the most incarcerated people. Yeah. That's insane. So I thought, well, why are all these people in jail? And I realized that some of them did something as little as, you know, like a small drug charge and they get a big amount of time for it. And we are overcrowded in our prisons. There's no way of rehabilitation. And all these people are just basically rotting away Mm -hmm. in jail. And I was like, that's not that's not right i need to fix it i need to do something Mm -hmm. so i was like well what do i want to do do i want to be a defense attorney do i want to be prosecution and then i realized that the best way to change a system is from within so i decided prosecution was the way to go and then i started taking political science classes just to see okay do i like this and I loved it. It was weird having to arguing with people based on <laughs> ideologies and getting heated, but it was fun. Right. And I realized the more you talk with people who have different opinions, the more you learned. And I started taking it in strides and here we are. When you decided to change your major from nursing to political science, were you scared at all or were you comp- completely confident in making that decision as soon as you realized it it was a little bit of both I was a little scared because it's new territory it's new waters and my grandma was furious that I didn't want to be a nurse because in Nigeria it's very traditional for women to become nurses it's you know it's basically prestige and prestigious Mm, and things like that she was not happy but I was like it's just not me but I was very excited and confident because the more I took those classes, the more I started talking to people, the more I realized that this is where I'm meant to be. And that gave me confidence. And now being in moot court here in Cal State Long Beach where you actually dress up like you are going to court, you argue a case, and the more I did it, the more I realized this is where I belong and it's very, very gratifying. And it helps my confidence every single day. It's hard, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna lie, but it's helpful growing up and having to kind of fight for yourself in new areas of school in a new country navigating this path do you think that gave you a spirit to want to also help fight for other people absolutely I think that's a big part of it is it just kind of shaped who I was I won't be here today without my background and without the people that got us put in my path to influence me and I think that that's why I am who I am today whenever I argue a case I'm always told you have such a strong and passionate voice how did you get that and I say things like well I work with other people who are just as passionate as me people are always uplifting me because I have so many family and friends (laughs) and sisters and that is how I became who I am so I have my experience and my my past to thank for that when you graduate with your degree you'll then be applying to law school correct that's correct am i gonna be correct in guessing that you only want to go to the best top law school at harvard yes absolutely (laughs) harvard is actually my number one choice of course uh, because it's the place to go if you want to like practice law and to make those connections and 
it's my number one choice, but I would take anywhere else like Yale or Stanford or oh, any small school, any, you know. Yeah, any just one little. of those. <laughs> <laughs> but those are definitely my top choices. And then after obtaining your law degree. Yes. What does that look like for you? Will you immediately then go into practicing law? Will you then try to get elected to Congress? Well, I think my plan first is to practice law mm -hmm. because the more you practice it, the more knowledge you have about our legal system. And if I can get more knowledge about the legal system, then you know how to serve your constituents in Congress. Then you know what you need to do and what kind of laws you need to pass or amend to help your constituents. And actually, my goal is to become uh, the state attorney, like attorney general for the state of California, Ooh. and then just work my way up there. That way, you're already in the pol political world. You're already in the legal world. Mm -hmm. It will be a little easier. That's super dope. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, like, amazing, and I love that. I know you now because then <laughs> – when we're older, I'll be like, oh, yeah, my sister. Yeah, she's the attorney you know, for the state of California. It's fine. It's, it's chill. It's casual. <laughs> and I'll just be in the corner with a podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, no, no. But seeing more women in politics, I love it. I yeah. think it's amazing. I think, you know, with the past couple of whether it's presidential or primary or different elections that we've been having. Yes. I love seeing these women coming out in full force. To, to speak up, to yes. use their voice. And I feel so inspired when I see that. So who is your biggest political inspiration and why? I would say right now I'm very, very impressed with um, Alexandria Cortez, um, AOC. She's actually one of the junior members in Congress right now. Mainly because she's like 29 or something. Yeah, right? she's the youngest uh, Congress member, and it's a it's crazy that she's not only young but also how she got elected. I was very highly impressed. She did not take money from super PACs, which are like corporations, mm -hmm. and that is how most candidates raise money for their campaign. But she actually got into the streets. She started talking to people. She went door to door, and she worked. She basically outworked the opposition. Wow. And that's how she won. She got money from single donors who wanted to help her win, and that's how she did it. She showed that we can take money out of politics and still have those campaign. And I am very impressed by her. I'm also very impressed that she's working for the people. Her ideas are not the norm. They're not the status quo. And mm -hmm. because of that, she has a lot of people who don't approve of her. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't stop. She keeps going and she keeps working hard, which I can relate to, you know. And working from a waitress to a Congress member is very impressive. It shows that you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. If Alexandra Cortez can do it. Abia Malafe can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Abia Malafe can do anything, honestly. Oh, I've, I've not seen anything ever stop you. <laughs> and that's just a great point that you made right there about, you know, regardless of whether maybe you do agree with her 100%, maybe you don't agree with her 100%. At the end of the day, you can't deny the fact that all of the adversity she comes up against, yeah. she doesn't let it stop her. Yes, absolutely. And okay. I think that's, again, just regardless of what you think of her viewpoints, I think that example is good for our young women to see. Yes. And not just our young women, but even young men, because I know that there are a lot of issues facing young men today that really harm their confidence yes. in believing what they can achieve too. Yeah. But I have an incredible woman in front of me right now, so Aww. we're going to talk about ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you hope to inspire 
And who do you hope finds their own confidence by knowing your story? I think anyone and everyone can benefit from knowing that their adversity does not define them. Mm-hmm. It's how they react to it. Uh, but most importantly, I think foster foster children who are girls Mm -hmm. because there's this norm that women have to be softer they have to be more approachable and in this world you can be anything you want to be and still accomplish what you want i am not i'm a very strong personality person and i have never let that stop me i have never let my confidence deem from that as someone who wants to be in politics you have to be in that kind of a niche where you have to be strong but you you also have to be approachable but you can be both. You can be absolutely be strong-minded. You can absolutely have a strong voice and still be who you want to be. However, to those girls who are a little softer, who are not as strong personality, they can still accomplish it. They can still be in politics. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of friends who are um, in Mukor with me right now. They have a softer voice, but that does not make what they're saying any less impactful. Mm-hmm. So I hope to inspire all kinds of people all kinds of girls and boys to know that they can be anything you want they want to be you just have to find your niche you have to find your why you have to find your people basically who are going to uplift you and help you in the path you want to take do you have a mentor right now that's kind of helping you with everything you're trying to navigate Try multiple. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, that. Yeah, I have a mentor for every single thing I do. Right now for competition, I have Cassie Alex. She's been a great inspiration. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And um, during school, every Wednesday in the evening, we would do a Zoom. She would help me practice t- uh, my talent, my interview. And she would be. she's so encouraging and she's always there. It doesn't matter when I text her. It could be 2 a.m. in the morning. If she doesn't respond to me, then she'll respond to me at 8 a.m. in the morning. So it's very inspiring. For my school, I believe I have multiple professors, like Dr. Whitehead, which is the head of our department for legal studies, oh, wow. has been a great inspiration. Um, I went to him my first day, which was last semester, and said, this is what I want to be. Help me. And he was like, okay, here's the first thing you need to do. You need to join moot court. So that was how I found out about it. And it's very inspiring to have mentors all over the place. But I think my personal secret weapon is uh, Claudia Nassari. I'm not going to lie. Yes, because um, there's actually a story behind this. Um, For the listeners that don't know, that's my mom. (laughs) Yeah, it's her mom. She has been um, my little personal weapon in just fighting those kind of feelings and not feeling confident. Um, Last year when I was going through the one year anniversary of my brother's death, I was preparing for Miss California. Preparing for Miss California and going to school and dealing with grief, that's, it's hard. Yeah. But your mom, Claudia Nassari, would text me at like 8 a.m. in the morning, I don't know, and say, hey, just thinking of you, how are you doing? I hope your your day's gonna be great, I'm praying for you. And those kind of, those kind of things just kind of uplift your spirits. Knowing that someone's thinking of you, knowing that someone is, hoping that you have a great day it's uh, sometimes i would be so i would just start smiling it can be in class i'll look at my phone and i would just start smiling and greening and my friends would be like what are you smiling about (laughs) and i'm like nothing i'm good i'm good and then my day my whole perspective sometimes changes Mm -hmm. so she's my personal weapon and knowing that i have multiple mentors is very inspiring and very helpful because i have 
one person for everything. Like anything I want to do, I have someone to call. Earlier, you said how, you know, serving other people really helps build your self-confidence. Yeah. I also think having somebody that is there, not necessarily to serve you, but Mm -hmm. to maybe serve in the capacity of uplifting you. Yeah. That really helps. And I'm just going to throw it out there, listeners. If you feel like there's somebody that kind of keeps being on your mind or they keep coming up in your thoughts, maybe it's for a reason. Maybe you you should reach out to them. Just, hey, I'm thinking about you because you never know how it can impact them. Maybe they'll tell you, oh, my gosh, I, I needed this. I needed somebody to check in on me. And then yeah. that's going to boost their confidence. It's also going to boost your confidence. You're going to feel really good that you were able to just help somebody, remind them that they're loved, remind them that they're worthy and capable. Yes, absolutely. It makes Sometimes it makes all the world of difference. When you wake up in the morning and you just don't feel like you want to face the day, having that kind of a test, it's, it's like having a, a weapon in your arsenal. All of a sudden, you're ready to face the world. You're ready to fight. Let's go. And if you're, if you're thinking of someone, yes, please, text them, call them, whatever you need to do. They might just be like, oh, I'm great. Thank you. But that doesn't mean that you didn't make that impact. Sometimes it, it they're just they're saying thank you, but in their head they're doing a little happy dance, like somebody's thinking of me. So yes, please text, call, anything. And coming from someone such as yourself, Abby, who has faced so many obstacles, I think it's such a testament to the fact that not only can people impact your life in ways that are meaningful, like she's talking about with her mentors, but Abby impacts so many other lives, as we've just heard here with the work she does with CASA, court-appointed special special advocate, advocate. yeah, and then doing the suitcase drives. And in the beginning of the episode, you were saying that, you know, your family created an orphanage out of the same home that you grew up in. Yes. And that's just amazing to me, and I I would love to just hear more about that because having the confidence – not only in obviously yourself, but in your family to all come together and believe that you could do this and create such an impactful organization. Like, I just want to hear all about it. Well, it happened when I, we first got here and um, we got here in 2009 and Court Appointed Special Advocate was created, I believe, 2011. Okay. Um, it, we were already working, trying to get all the permits we need for it and it was up and running in 2011. And we've been taking children in ever since. We feed them, we clothe them, we send them to school. And basically, we wait until they can be adopted. In Nigeria, our fans are a little more vulnerable to attacks when it comes to kidnappers, human traffickers, mm. and all kinds of things because they don't think people would miss them. So we stop that from happening. We take them into a home, and we know that someone's going to miss them if they're gone. Right. It is very uplifting to know that not only am I working here to help foster children, but also back home where there's over 17 million orphans, I'm making some kind of strides. I mean, you can't help all 17 million people, but it's a start. And we do fundraisers actually here every year where Mm -hmm. we hold uh, galas and we invite people to perform and we raise money and then we send that money back for them so that they can be you know fed clothed and taken to school and it's very inspiring because the first time that i remember uh it was a little girl she was adopted and i was i cried because i was like you finally went to a family and they came in they fill up all the foot paperwork and once it finally cleared by the government she was adopted and she, uh, the smile on her face when they sent us the picture, it was 
uplifting to know because she knew I have a family now. Yeah. I don't have to worry. And knowing that you started those stories yourself that are potentially little, you know, success stories that are going to happen is very, very helpful to know that you are helping at least, that you are making a difference. No matter how small, no matter how big, you're making a difference. It's so easy to underestimate the impact that we have in people's lives. And I think it's very easy to also underestimate our own capabilities. Yes. Piggybacking off of that, what is one thing that you accomplish that you almost surprised yourself and it boosted your confidence? I know this is kind of weird, but it's buying my first car. Oh, yes. I, I love that. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like, That's not weird. I was surprised. I was like, I did this. I did it. It's It's been years now, but I can sometimes I still like I'm driving this and I bought it. Mm-hmm. You I know, know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's it's impressive because mm-hmm. you're like, I wanted to do this, and now I've done it, mm-hmm. and it boosted my confidence. Knowing that if I can do this, if I can get a job and save up little by little and buy a car, I can do anything. You know, you you have a plan and you execute it. So it was very uplifting. Uh, my grandma was very surprised too when I was like, Oh yeah, I have money. I'm gonna buy my car. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And she was very, I could see, like, she tried to be very stern, but I could see, like, the pride in our eyes and Mm -hmm. the little glint, like, oh, wow, she she really is making a difference. She really is doing what she sets out to do. So I was very proud. I was very giddy. She's growing up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you didn't have to be, this is going to sound crazy. I wish you didn't have to be born in America to be the president because I want you to be the president. You are surprisingly <laughs> not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> I don't know, though. Being president, it seems like a lot of work. And have you have you seen how Obama came out with gray hair? Oh, you never shied away from a lot of work, though. You work so hard. You're probably That's one of the hardest working people that I know. Oh, thank you. No, for real. This girl is going to school full time. She's completely supporting herself. She is may or may not be working at Disney. No, she I am. <laughs> she does. Just amid all of the virus stuff going on, it's it's a little shaky, but yeah, she's always picking up extra shifts. She's never says no to helping anybody. Constantly in pursuit of bettering other people's lives with Casa, with the orphanage in Nigeria. It this woman's unstoppable. It's amazing. <laughs> so that's you. why I wanted to share her story and just how nothing can knock her down. And I know we've said that, and she's also said. You know, yeah, maybe you don't see it on the outside. It's not what I show. I have those bad days, but she overcomes them. Yeah, that's what makes all the difference. It's not being confident is not about being confident all the time. Mm -hmm. No, it's about how you pick yourself up at the end. It's about shaking off those bad days and saying, you know what? We got to we have stuff to do. We got to do it. It is what it is. And before you know it, you make impact in the lives of people that you don't even expect to make impact on. Like my classmate are always coming to me thinking I know something. They're wrong, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're knowing that you're hardworking and it, it draws the right kind of people. People right. come to you for advice and they work with you. And that itself can inspire you yourself. Abby, if you had one piece of advice for our listeners to help them exercise confidence every day, what would it be? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Because we are very used to always questioning ourselves. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. You know what? Just go for it and then figure it out later. And before you know it, 
you might think, oh, maybe it won't work out so well, but maybe it will. Most of the time, it usually works out. So don't hesitate to exercise confidence because it makes all the world of difference. I got my job at Disney on the spot when I actually wow. interview for it yes i was very surprised but she told me the interviewer told me it was because of how confident i was mm. she didn't know that i was shaking inside my <laughs> legs were like knocking together <laughs> and i was like i don't know what's going on oh my goodness but it's all about not hesitating you can do it you know even if you fall on your face and you embarrass yourself which i have multiple times <laughs> You can still get up and say, haha, that was funny, laugh at yourself, and move on. And that can show others sometimes that you can handle yourself in all kinds of situations. Uh, and I've been told multiple times by my professors, by people I work with, that that makes all the world of difference. Because they know they can come to you, even with bad situations, and you can turn it around. Don't hesitate. She said it right there. Don't hesitate. It's so powerful to act on those thoughts that you have in terms of wanting to do something because sometimes yeah. we think we have to sit there we have to make a plan we have to figure out how to do it before we start but sometimes it's as soon as you find your why yeah go pretty much me and abby just think i can't thank you enough for just sharing your story it's so heartfelt it's so inspiring it's easy for us to just think that the world is ending some days and we can't get over it but hearing everything that you've gone through and reminding us that we've all made it through 100% of our worst days and we're still here. It's so impactful. So I just appreciate you sharing your story so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very happy to be able to share my story and maybe inspire someone else. Oh, I no doubt. I think you inspire somebody <laughs> else. Also, when you see her name on any of the ballots in the future, make sure you <laughs> make sure you vote for Abby Olafe. Her name is in the description. Um, we'll link her social so you can stay up to date with her and all the cool stuff she's doing. She's been touring a couple law schools. Abby, do you have any upcoming dates for suitcase drives? I we are. I'm planning actually to do somewhere in May or okay. April. Well, it's still in the works, but yes, I will be posted it actually Perfect. on my instagram and my facebook so okay. please keep an eye out for that yep the flyer will be coming out soon awesome we will link her uh facebook and instagram in the description you can go there and stay up to date with all of the work that she does with the foster youth and with the orphanage if you want to support her that's how you can get in contact with that and yes, then please. we'll also be supporting it on exercise confidence so you'll maybe see a flyer or some promo for that too yes please all right yes. well thank you again so much abby appreciate it thank you wow all i can say right now is wow that interview with abby was jam-packed full of so many ups and downs that this woman has faced in her life I hope that you know that you can find your own hope and strength and that you've learned from Abby ways to navigate those dark times and how to celebrate in the sunshine that life brings you when you work so hard and achieve those goals that you set for yourself. In the next coming weeks, we've got some exciting new interviewees, people who are movie stars, people who have started their own businesses, people who are helping other people achieve their dreams and be better versions of themselves. Stay tuned for all of those exciting people. And we've got a special project in the works highlighting people throughout history who have really been an example of what it truly means to exercise confidence. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I truly hope that I have earned the privilege of your time. 
Signing off for now, I am Jaren Asari, and I truly hope that you find a way to exercise confidence every day. Thank you.